Hey, this is Lauren BR, and this is The Authentic Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Authentic. I'm your host, Lauren BR, and on today's episode, I have a guest whose podcast the Lord has used to speak to me in so many different ways, Megan Dobbs. She's the creator of the Weight of the Weight podcast, so that's Wait, W-I-G-H-T, and then wait, W-A-I-T. And so I'm so honored to have her on here today to just talk about all things weight and waiting, um, <laughs> both of which I have struggled with a lot and still do. And so I think it's really encouraging for me to be able to listen to someone older than me who has gone through these things and currently struggles with a lot of the same things. And so I'm excited to get into this conversation today. And I know that you all will benefit benefit from it as well. So welcome to the podcast, Megan. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I love talking about weight and weight. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about it too. And it's so fun because I've like heard your voice so much over like my car speakers or my thoughts. <laughs> and now I'm like actually talking to you. So it's really fun. I love that. So as I mentioned in the little intro before, your podcast is called The Weight of the Weight. So can you kind of explain to listeners what that title means and how there are kind of connections between weight and weight in your own life? Yeah. Yeah. So a while ago I, um, had thought forever, like maybe I'll write a book one day. And if I like, I was at this event for a friend and they were, they kind of like posed the question, if you ever like titled your book, what would that be? And I just like out of nowhere, which was the Lord, not me, but to me out of nowhere, I just wrote down like the weight of the weight. And then we, there was a time, you know, I didn't think much of it. And, um, there was a time to share and I shared that. And like the room was like, please let us know when you write that. I was like, oh, okay. Like I know what it means to me. Um, and so when I was brainstorming um, about this podcast, this just kind of kept coming up. Like, what are the two things? Um, something I learned early on is, you know, where Satan presses in is often where the Lord wants, you know, to use you most. And he presses hard in on me with weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. I spell all the time on my podcast. So I'm like, am I spelling it correctly? <laughs> He presses in on my weight, my size, my body image, and then also followed up by a weight, W-A-I-T. And so um, for me, like talking about first with body image, um, I just was a, a bigger kid growing up. I um, didn't really think much of it until I, I hit like upper elementary and was made a little bit more aware that my weight, I was bigger and uh, that that was a bad thing. <laughs> up till then, I just was me. And, uh, and so it started to really, uh, breed some insecurities and where I felt like, oh, I'm big. This is bad. People are looking at me. And so I was this really vibrant child and just went in, like I just retreated in and then it continued through college and all the way through college. And then wait, W A I T kind of entered in, um, and so I kind of had like got this mindset, like from as a kid, if I was skinny, people would be my friend. I could fit into limited too, which I totally just dated myself because I don't even think that store exists. But when I was a kid, it was very popular. And so would get invited to parties. And then, you know, if I was thin, I'd get invited to a dance. Like I'd get asked out, I'd have a boyfriend and, or once I lose this weight, like as I got older, like I would get married. And so I had like totally connected weight and weight. So I basically was like, everything, I can make everything go back to my weight. That is the issue. And so it created this like weightiness to our weight. And what I started to see was really people talked about waiting just in singleness. And yet we are all always in a seat. I mean, you know, on this side of heaven, we're, we're waiting on Jesus, right? So we're always going to be in a season of waiting, but people, I wanted to sit with people and hear their stories of waiting. I have walked friends through, um, miscarriages. I have, you know, walked friends through infertility. I have walked obviously my single friends through seasons of, of hurt, um, guy friends waiting on jobs, not hearing back. Right. So it's like, I wanted to get people to wear their waiting on their sleeve while also, you know, I have a heart for the younger generation and their body image. Like I am wanting to work overtime to just break this idea that your body is your worth. Um, and so that's kind of like, I mean, I could, I'm going to pause cause I could just continue to go. Um, but that 
I was talking to a friend and basically having the same conversation. She was like, this is, this is what we need to title the podcast. You just need to zero in on this because this is what I, the Lord has been, you know, he's ready for you to use this. So that's how it came to be. That's so awesome. And it was such a new kind of concept for me because listening to your podcast, I never really thought about a lot of those things you'd mentioned, like associating the way you look with the waiting for a husband or even just sitting in those waiting seasons, because obviously, like you said, we are constantly waiting for the Lord, but also I feel like we're also constantly waiting on a lot of worldly things too. And so the first time I listened to the little intro to your podcast, I was like, wow, okay. A lot of these things have been going on in my life, but I hadn't kind of registered or taken a second to think about them. And so it was a really cool moment for me to be like, okay, wow, let me kind of unpack this waiting in my own life. And so that was really um, impactful for me. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Um, so obviously you mentioned weight. I'm like scared. I'm going to spell them wrong too. So sorry if I do, but if w- you do it, there's no judgment, <laughs> <laughs> literally none, but W E I G H T first, um, because that's something I struggle with so much. And I know a lot of my listeners who are mostly my friends, we talk about that struggle constantly, especially growing up in college and in the South. And so you said that um, on one of your past podcasts that you were in a season of healing with your weight. And so I really wanted to know what that looks like for you. And then how can listeners, you know, including me kind of begin that journey for ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll kind of, let me see how I want to approach this. So I took a pause from my podcast. Like I started it and then I hit pause and people, which is so sweet to hear, like, you don't know if people are going to listen to your podcast, but they did because they messaged me and they're like, where'd you go? And I just uh, realized that I feel like the Lord convicted me from, I think it's in John five, where it's talking about the the lame man by the the pool. And, and uh, Jesus is like, do you want to be healed? And he like gives him these excuses. Like when I try to get to the water, like, you know, people go past me and I can't. And he, Jesus just says like, take up your mat and walk. And what that hit me, I felt like like the Lord was like, Megan, do you want to heal? Do you want to be healed? Because even in, like, I got real vulnerable about sharing my weight. And I found like part of the healing process, which I'll get to is like sharing it doesn't mean you have to share it on Instagram. That like freaks people out like I did, but sharing it because Satan's tool is isolation. Like, I mean, if he can get you by yourself thinking in your thoughts, he can distract you. Like those are his tools that you have to, to be aware of. And so I hit pause. Cause I was like, wait a minute in talking to people, am I just on this hamster wheel of shame? Like, I'm just, I find myself still talking about things that were said to me when I was young. And yet I wasn't talking about like stepping into freedom. I was hinting at it, but I wasn't really talking about. And so it was like, okay, are you, are you saying that you are pursuing freedom and healing or are you just talking about, I mean, are you doing it or are you just talking about it? And so I think I have been in this season of healing because I kind of took a step back and was like, why, why is it so important? Like, why is my weight and my body? So, um, the driving force of my worth. So it started there. And I started, I think for some reason we don't, we don't always invite God into our struggles. We think they're like too small, right? Like he's got so much to worry about. Like my weight is not, you know, like, I'm not going to take that to him. And yet he's like, no, like it is not small to you, Megan, it is big. And so I want to be invited in because I can tend to be a control freak. I, I mean, it's not kind of a negative, <laughs> negative connotation, but I like control meaning like I can do this. I can do it by myself. Right. And so that was the first thing. Like I took a step back and was like, Lord, I want to invite you into this. And I need, um, I need direction and guidance. And I was directed towards, um, and this part might not be for everybody, but I'll be super honest with y'all. Um, because I think a, if we're talking about healing, that's healing, being super honest with yourself, with others, and first and foremost with the Lord. But I was directed by my doctor to a therapist that deals with eating disorders. And while I really didn't struggle with eating disorder, I didn't struggle with anorexia or bulimia. What intrigued me about this therapist, was she dealt with eating disorders on the other end of the spectrum. So binge eating disorders, overeating, disordered eating in general. And so I was more intrigued. I was like, I just want to ask a lot of questions because my whole life I've just been told I eat too much. And I just feel like there's more to that. And so I started meeting with her 
And we started to unpack some things. And first out the gate, she was like, you have a fear of food. And that is the same as you know my my patients who don't eat, who struggle on that end. It's the same approach. There's this traumatic kind of experience with food. And so she ended up um, diagnosing me, just not like formally, but just kind of like encouraged me that like, hey, you've got some disorder eating patterns. And so that started this like healing process where she was hitting some of those myths, right? Like, yeah, you say you need to be this weight, but why? Like what? And so that's one aspect. I did start seeing a therapist because what I do feel like, and I hope this can encourage the younger generation is that I feel like the medical field. And I don't know if that's the right way to, to say it. And, and even just people in general, um, have not been so gentle with, you know, girls who struggle with their heavier body or, or just, you know, not necessarily on the lower end, but across the whole board. Right. And so, um, they, they just kind of come at you with go on a diet. Like that's the, that's the answer. And, um, and so that's kind of where I, through asking a lot of questions and, um, kind of taking a step back and inviting the Lord in, it's been this healing process of, okay, food is just food. Right. And it's not, I'm still not good at this, but I'm working on declassifying meaning I classify healthy and unhealthy. I think we all do, but what I was encouraged by was no food is just food. There's reasons they're unhealthy or healthy, but let's focus on like, you know, what fuels our body. And so I know mine's a little bit more deep rooted in specifically overweight and in that binge side of things. And, but I will say like across the board, um, healing looks like releasing shame. Like, I think I, was white knuckling, like fixing the issue with food. And so I kind of like, like, no, I need a shift. I need to focus on shame. Why do I feel so shameful about my body? Why do I want to hide? Why do I want to retreat? Why have I given, you know, another tie to weight is, you know, why am I making everything about my weight when it comes to guys? Right. And my therapist totally called me out y'all. She was, (laughs) she like, like, I think it was our second meeting. She was like, so you mean to tell me that you think that every relationship or, you know, guy you like that didn't like you was just about your weight. And she was like, you must think really highly of yourself that it's just about your weight. I was like, shoot. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're right. Like, but that's true. That's just where I went to. That is my default. It must be the way that I look. And I didn't allow any other truth in. So and that's kind of a long winded and kind of all over the place, which is how my brain works. But I would say like, healing, it doesn't look like two plus two equals four. Like it's not this equation, but I will say I started to shift and take the focus off of food and, and go to shame. And there were some other deep things in there of of perfectionism was in there. Anxiety was in there. Um, codependency. So there's some things that man, if I can, you can lose weight all day long, but a, a smaller number on the scale does not heal a negative body image. It's just not going to. And so that's kind of the season that I'm in, in the thick of it <laughs> at 36. So just to encourage you. Um, but I would say that was my biggest shift and what started this path of healing. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that because I know that that's sometimes really scary. I mean, I don't know, at least for me, that's sometimes hard to do. So thank you. Um, and also it's crazy. Like the more you talked about things that you struggle with, the more I'm like, okay, wow, are we the same person? (laughs) This doesn't even help anyone listening. This is definitely very impactful for me because I'm like, okay, wow, I have a lot to think about. I have a lot to do after this podcast because it is weird how when you're talking about the way you think, I'm like, wait, me too. (laughs) And a lot of things I struggle with. So I think that's really sweet and how the Lord connected us in this small random way. Um, but especially the thing that you said, um, about boys, cause I do that too, but I've never thought about how highly I'm thinking of myself. And I even had a conversation the other day with someone about this topic, similarly, just like body image and relating that to the way, um, that we date or the way that we think about how relationships ended. And we were like, it is so silly for us to think that is the only thing that matters mm-hmm. in a relationship like that. But I don't know if it's culture, just, the way that we are brought up, but that's what we think is kind of the most important thing when it comes to relationships starting and ending is the way that we look, which is just so crazy. 
Yeah. Well, and so something, I don't know if you know, Ben Stewart, he's one of my favorite, uh, pastors to listen to. He was at A&M when I was there, not, we didn't go to school there. He was breakaway. Um, but he always says clarity is kindness. And so when it comes to dating, and so some of the reason we go there is because the guy wasn't super clear. Right. And, and we fear to ask questions because I think it's a defense mechanism of like, well, if I don't ask a question, I don't, I can't get hurt, but what hurts? We fill in the blank of why they ended. Well, that's more hurtful, right? And so on, it's not all on you. So it's not all your fault, right? Like, I think I want to encourage girls to to seek clarity um, and in, in really all sorts of relationships. But I do feel like with guys, we immediately default to the way that we look. It's just, I mean, and sometimes it will be that. Like sometimes there's not an attraction or some, but to make it, the only reason, right? And so what the deeper, so talking, you know, circling back to the healing and I'm, I'm getting into some deeper roots is I, I'll speak for myself, not we, I realized it was a crack in my trust with the Lord. Like by me saying, you know, this about myself or it, it really started to reveal, like, do I trust in God? Like I, do I in, in this area, right? Like I trust him. But it's like some of these areas, especially when it comes to dating, I like, I don't. And that's, I, I have been super honest with the Lord of like, no, it, it has to be about the way that I look because, and here's what I think why, because I think it's something we think, which we can, but it's a tangible thing to grab a hold of, to fix. Because if it's just that, like, they didn't find us funny or there was no, you know, like banter back and forth or something about our character, not necessarily negative about character, but that's not really something we can change. So we want to grab a hold of something and be like, I can fix this before the next, you know, one, or if I can lose weight, or if I can, you know, I'll start working out before I, you know, and we, we make our bodies a project and then we think that's okay. I can fix this. And so that was kind of my like, aha of like, oh, again, I, I lack trust in this area. I have no idea why this guy broke up to me. And if I don't have an idea, I need to ask him for it. And if he doesn't give it, then that says more about him than it does me. So I'm not, I'm not going to allow myself to fill in those blanks. If he can't give it to me, if he can't, you know, you know, take the time to just be honest, that's not someone I want to be with despite my size or whatever. And yes, guys, is it hard? I don't know if how many guys listen to you. I don't think a lot of guys listen to mine, but not many. <laughs> yeah. A few, a few. It's okay. We need them too, because it's going to give them great insight. But what I like, it is hard for a guy to articulate that for sure. And so it's easier just to not say, right. And it's easier to put it on the Lord. The Lord told me to break up with you. Okay. Really? So, I mean, that's a whole different podcast, but there's nothing wrong with you asking for clarity. Right. And that helps break this, like, grip that Satan has that the reason he broke up with you or the reason that he's not asking you out is because of you, you're the issue. And it's the way that you look that is hundred percent wrong. Maybe not hundred percent. Not your, I don't need everybody like me. Right. I want one guy. Like I want to marry one man. So one man can find me absolutely fine. But just, I, I want to get us out of that being, that's just our default. Yeah, exactly. That's really good. And clarity is kindness. I've heard a lot recently. So that's funny that you bring that up. I think Ben Stewart is the absolute best. He, I love him. Let's send him this podcast. Perfect. I am so jealous you were, um, he was in charge of breakaway the same time you were there. Yeah. I got to hear him on Tuesdays. It was a gift. I still watch him. I listen to his podcast currently. And I'm now in New York. So I'm like, ah, DC is a train ride. So I'm going to go listen at some point. I'm going to travel down there. Do that. Um, wow. Okay, fine. He's spoken at my church in Houston a few times before, and he's just incredible, which I need to be careful of drawing this line of not idolizing um, pastors I'm working on. <laughs> but I do think he's really incredible and very wise. So that's a if you're gonna lift, If you're going to lift someone up, he is so theologically and biblically sound in his heart for the Lord. So, I mean. Yes, we don't want to idolize, but he's a good one, I will say. Uh, I love it. Um, and it's really nice that we were just talking about um, relationships because that was kind of my next question was um, just if you had any advice for listeners who tend to connect, you know, weight to relationships. So I know you spoke a lot about that 
um, just a second ago, but if you have any other advice or tips on just how I, I say girls a lot because that's mainly who listens to mm-hmm. this. And that's kind of how I like, you know, market and pose this podcast, but really anyone that kind of connects um, weight to the way that um, people perceive them, especially boys. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of said a couple of um throughout, but just to like bring it in, you know, together kind of list is something that's been helpful is um, write down the line. So something super easy now is just notes like in our phone. So I'll just have a note. And when I am believing something, I just will write it down and just not kind of mess with it right then, but just like trying my best to capture a thought because something that I realize is, you know, we're told that, oh, that's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. But if you kind of flip it, like it's a truth of this world, right? To be, to look a certain way is what the world is feeding you, right? And so writing down that, that lie or that truth of the world that you're believing and then circling back to that in your quiet time or, or when you can find some space with the Lord and looking for that lie in scripture, which sounds silly, but what I mean is like, where does it say X, right? And it brings you back to, to be honest with the Lord. And so I feel like when I've done that, I'm like, Lord, this is not in scripture, but it is so ingrained. And he's like, well, then do you trust me? Do you believe in what I said over what they are saying about you. Do you believe like you can quote Psalms 139. That's great, Megan. Do you believe it? I don't care if you've memorized it because just, you know, it does, you no good. If you memorize something, you don't believe it. Do you believe that you're fierce, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you believe that you've been made in my image? Do you believe that I, I have a purpose and a plan for your life or, or are these just words to you? And so I think like writing it down, and bringing it to the Lord is, is step one, like my biggest advice. I think the coolest thing in the past couple of years, really in my thirties is that while yes, we, I want to come to him with a sense of reverence. I have come to know him as a friend. And so there is a reverence aspect to my, to my quiet time. Cause I don't want it to all be about me because sometimes I can, but I will sit with him and be super vulnerable and honest. And so that kind of goes into my next piece of advice of invite God in, like invite him into this process. And trust that prayer is a powerful thing. You know, sometimes we just, you know, we know we're supposed to pray, but when we are praying again, are we believing what we pray? Um, and then I would say, you know, have a, have a good support system of friends, not just yes, girls, not just your yes friends that are like, you need those, you need your hype women for sure. But then you need a couple, at least one who knows it all, who bears it all, who sits and listens and, you know, cause sometimes you're going to have these lies and you're going to take them to the Lord and they're still going to eat at you. And so take it to the Lord first, but then take it to that, you know, trusted, I call them my like board, board of directors or my life counsel is Laura Tremaine. She wrote a book about it, calls it. Um, but having those people that can speak truth back into you, the Lord speaks through people as well. Um, and then for me, if it's just deeply rooted, like counseling and therapy is a wonderful thing. And I know it's really scary to think about, and especially as Christians, it's like, well, we should just pray about it. Well, no, yes, pray about it. But the Lord can work through somebody just pulling some things out of you as well. And so I think that that's kind of, you know, um, I think it's becoming more popular of sorts or more like people are more honest about it. Um, but I would, I would tell, if I could tell the younger generation, um, just my piece of advice when it comes to how you present yourself to the world says so much, right? Whether you're a size 20 or a size two, you walk into the room with confidence, like people are drawn to you. And so when I've talked to guys before, I love talking to guys about things like this because they get all like, you know, squirmy, but they have such great insight. And I mean, almost all the time, whether it's their own struggle, that's for them to figure out, like whether they struggle with you know, putting attractiveness too high because yes, like we know guys are visual and, and all of that, but that's for them to work on with the Lord, but they always come back to like confidence. There's something to a girl that can command a room, not like center of attention. I mean, shout out to center of attention girls. You're great too, but you don't have to step out of, outside of who you are. Right. But there's a confidence of, you know, stop looking at your phone, look up and look around the room, come in with a smile and don't be afraid to talk to people. I was the one that like comes in looking at her phone and like, okay, if I don't talk to him, there's, he can't, 
like reject me. Well, why, why am I even processing that? I don't even know his name. Right. So I, I'm, I'm still working on it, but I have seen a difference in just how I present myself. Like, how do I, yes, I'm going to always struggle with insecurities on this side of heaven. Like it's just, just how it is, but we are created in his image. And I am, that is my advice of like, do you like to check yourself? Do you believe what scripture says? Like you got to start there. Um, because people can tell you all day long, right. That you're beautiful. Like you're, you're so beautiful, Megan. You have a beautiful face, <laughs> like all these things that I was told, but I just, I, I just cast them aside. And so I've been really convicted in that. So I think that's kind of what I was, my advice for no. the younger girls or whoever. <laughs> I mean, for me, literally, I, that's so crazy. You say what you're saying about confidence, because I honestly, if we're being vulnerable and like what I want to do in this podcast, being authentic is like, I'll do the same thing. I'll look on my phone or I'll say with my friend, because I'm like, there's a chance that this boy literally last Thursday at a church thing, like he could reject me. He could think I'm ugly. He could think I'm not beautiful. Nothing could work out. So why would I risk being rejected when it's like one I don't even know his name two I could not be and three if I am like that's okay but I think we just at least me I'm saying we I don't know but I have such a fear of being rejected that it will just ruin everything but I feel like I need to remind myself like if I am rejected by this random boy like that is okay and I'm still worthy and loved by my father but it's sometimes hard within the moment for me to actually process that and think that because there's just so much going on that I'm like, it's just easier for me not to. Um, so I'll definitely need to be actively working on Well, (laughs) and I would encourage you don't go zero to a hundred, right? Like (laughs) start with like, okay, I'm going to walk in and not be holding my phone. Like step one, like, you know, it doesn't mean like beeline to this guy and stumble through words. And you know, it doesn't, it can gradually come to that. But I think it goes to something that was encouraging from a a friend was uh, she's always been good to kind of call me out on things, but she was like, why we don't, we don't play these weird games with our girlfriends, right? We don't wait, you know, 30 minutes to text her back. If we have our phone, we don't, you know, kind of, you know, not go talk to them because we're, we don't do that with friends. And I know it's different with guys, but if we are, if we are pursuing Christ, And then just pursuing his people, loving them involves communicating with them. And we take off this pressure for it to be something that it's not right. Even if there's a desire, like, Oh, Hey, I'm attracted to you to him. So I get that. Like, I'm not saying it's easy, but I, I have seen it to be like, I have so let all of those go. If, if a guy texts me and I see it, I text him back. Like I, I don't like wait and people might have different things and that that's fine and whatnot. But, um, I think I can speak from a place of like being 36 and still single and loving every aspect of my life, but also desiring marriage. And so I've learned, and I've had some years to learn this, but I've learned the value of just loving people and pursuing them. And, and sometimes that gets misunderstood. And then in a loving way, because he is a brother in Christ, like communicating that and being clear. I'm so sorry. I gave you the wrong impression. Like, I just really wanted to get to know you not saying I'm not dating right now because clearly you're looking for someone to date. Like girls, I'm speaking to you. You be honest as well. Like, don't be using this card of like, I'm just not dating right now. But if that guy asked me, I I am dating. Right. And so also not just putting this on, on the guys, but also holding ourselves accountable of like just speaking clarity to them as well. So You don't have to go zero to hundred, but like start small. No, definitely. I will be. And that's funny. Just side note what you say or what you just said about I'm not dating right now, because the amount of friends I've had say that to boys. And then a week later, another boy asked them out and they were dating. So that is funny that definitely we need to work on that, especially people that I, I mean, I haven't done that, but I could easily could. That's not like I'm separated from this, but it is funny how often that phrase is used when it is just not even true to the person at all. Absolutely. And I have, I mean, I would say pretty much every time I have been honest and both ways, when I've received honesty from someone, like it can kind of, you have that moment where it feels like, oh, this is a little, I don't know about this, but then it's so like healthy right? Like it, it just, you laid it out there both ways, whether I, you know, I'm not interested or however you want to say it, but super clear. 
And, and I've seen that even in like job interviews and things like that, you know, like trying to get out of something and you're like, I'm going to make up this, it's those little lies and they eat at you. And so, I mean, that kind of is just your spiritual walk as a whole, a great, a great thing, but especially with guys, like it is hard. And this is where I want to just, I want to speak for my guys for a second. I am such a traditional girl. I can't help it. I want to be pursued. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I want him to ask me out all that. However, I have such compassion for guys because we fear rejection as girls, but a lot of times we're on the receiving end, like we're, or we're being asked. Right. And so just like encouraging men, guys need to be affirmed as well. They need to be encouraged. And so that's where our confidence comes in about if you're really interested, I think I go talk to him and then, you know, so if that makes sense, but encourage your guy friends as well, encourage guys. Um, cause they need affirmation more than I think we, we even think about just as much. We know we need affirmation for sure. <laughs> no, definitely. Cause they're the ones that have to put themselves out there, which I yes. think we forget. So that's a yeah. really, I went to Sadie Hawkins dance like once and it was terrifying. I'm like this, this is not for me or cotillion. Oh, I don't say Hawkins and a cotillion. I was like, I, I'm not about this whole asking the guy thing, but then it kind of was like this aha. And like even date parties in college, it was, which are fun. And go with your friend. <laughs> like It's so much more fun. Um, but I got it first. And I was like, this is hard. This, like, this is rough. So anyways, there's a plug for my guys out there. Encouraging yeah, them. Um, also one thing that you mentioned when you were kind of just talking a second ago, but also I've heard you say on your podcast that I literally wrote down when you said it, because I was like, okay, wow. I've never heard that before, but you let the excitement of singleness coexist with the desire to still be married one day, because at least personally, I've never thought that the two could exist. And talking to my friends around me, we don't like, we never let those two kind of exist at the same time. So I really wanted to hear you kind of talk about that. Uh, this is like, when I saw that question, it's like my favorite thing to talk about. I, uh, I mean, I love talking about weight and because it's my story and I love talking to people and encouraging people, but let me tell you, I love talking about the idea of both and, and so, uh, backstory, like small backstory went through a breakup in 2018 and, um, we didn't date super long, but I had like liked this guy from afar for like years. And so the fact that we were dating, like blew my mind. And then it just went from zero to hundred and then a hundred to zero, like, you know, within five months. And so that kind of, um, propelled me into just this like episodic depression. And it just threw me for a loop. And I remember like went and saw my counselor. Like we started, you know, walking through this process. And I remember like nine months in, I came in and I was like, I'm not healing. And I'm so frustrated. And she was like, well, what do you mean you're not healing? She's like, I've, we've, I've walked this through. Like you are in this process of healing. Like we have come a long way. And I was like, I just, I still cry all the time. And she was like, that has no bearing on your healing. Like sadness and happiness can coexist. Suffering and healing can coexist. Like And so it created this like both and, right? Like I, and I had a sweet friend that was like, I can't tell you how many tears it'll take. You just don't know. And you can cry and be like, you can be healing. They can, they can coexist. And so I've taken that concept and applied that now to where I am of, okay, I can hold both. I can absolutely love my single life while also desiring marriage. I just have to figure out how I, how they can coexist. So sometimes like if we pick it apart, like sometimes we feel like we need to wear this like single girl badge, right? Like we have hot girl summer, single girl summer, all the things. And like, we need to wear it as like a badge. And then we like push aside, like, I'm not, I'm not looking for marriage. Yes, you are. Like, I mean, some people are, but like, you know, that's something we desire. And so what I started to realize was like, if I could talk to my 20 year old self, like in my twenties, I would talk about the gift of capacity. Like being single in your twenties is about, you have all this capacity. You have the ability to figure, you know, a job out, like what you want to do with your life. And, you know, your brain's not even really fully formed until 25. (laughs) And so, you know, there's nothing wrong. You girlies that get married uh, young, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also nothing wrong with being 36 and single. And so for me, I, um, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not, I want to be super honest in that it is in a struggle. Like when I turned 30, I had the best 30th birthday party, so much fun, but like I had a, 
a moment of mourning where I was like, man, my parents were young. They got married young and I loved having young parents and I'm not going to be a mom in her twenties. Like that's just, I had to grieve that. Right. But I allowed space for that. Sometimes we just feel like we're not even allowed to have those feelings. Yes. Grief being a young mom, like you hear all these weird things about, you know, trying to have kids in your thirties. And so it was like terrifying. Like, oh my God. I'm not, I don't even have a date right now, like much less a kid. Um, and at this point, a lot of my friends that got married at 22 had first and second graders. And so it was this weird, like, okay, how am I supposed to feel? But y'all, let me tell you, your thirties are so fun. I had a friend tell me it's like your twenties, but with more money, which is true. <laughs> it's true. Or hopefully, um, so you get to experience things. And so for me, Actually, last September, I had been praying for about six years. Um, I have a heart for New York. I love it so much. And um, and also had connected with the church in Queens. And I was like, okay, Lord, I think you are preparing my heart to go there. Um, but I need you to make it abundantly clear. And so in September or in August, I packed myself up and I moved my whole life away from my comfort in Houston, Texas with my family and my, you know, all my people were there. And I moved by myself. Well, my parents helped, but living by myself, uh, to Queens to, um, work with the church and women's ministry to help them develop a, a, a women's ministry, uh, in Queens church. And I just am still in awe that like, actually I just got back from Manhattan, which was super fun. Uh, but I'm in awe that the city is like right here. It's like right, right on the train, five stops away. Um, and just the fact that I was able to do that, right. And I didn't have this sense of like, oh, I wish I would have done this earlier. No, I was broke. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. Right. And so to get here and feel so much whole, like more whole and, and so in tune with the spirit and for him to be guiding this move. And had I had a husband and kids, like, sure. We could say like, um, that God, you know, he'll, he will, he'll move you where he wants you to, right. Like he will present opportunities as well. But I think where I was, you know, back to that breakup when I was processing, that's who I thought I was going to marry or wanted to, at least, um, I don't know that I would make this move. The heart was there. Even when I was dating him, I had this in my heart, but I think had I gotten married and had those kids, I would not have made this move and I would have missed out so, so much. And so do I long for marriage? Absolutely. Uh, do I pray about it every morning? Absolutely. Have I had some pretty frank conversations with the Lord of like, Hey, turning 37 in a month. What are we doing here? Um, but in the same time it's met with, God, thank you so much for it. Just time. Like I just have so much time and capacity. I can go to the Met on a random Thursday and just wander and then go meet someone for coffee. And, you know, because I've gotten all my work, I've got a head on my work. And so, I mean, that's more details than you need, but hold both. Don't, don't neglect one or the other, hold both, allow them to coexist. Um, have those friends, like I said earlier, that you can, you can share with as well to encourage you. Um, and also that goes into how you present yourself, right? When you're so excited, like if you want to find a man of God, like go serve, go serve in the kingdom and, and look to your left and right and see who's serving next to you. <laughs> right? Like, so my encouragement would be for you single girls who are like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know, like I'm out of college now. And that was the scary part. You're like, now I'm not even surrounded by men. Like this is, and I was a teacher initially and I'm really not surrounded by my guys, but, um, go do celebrate travel and serve. I think this would be my, like, you know, for, for you single girls. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know it's a lot, but no, no, I love I'm talking about it. And it's incredible to hear your story and also like, oh my goodness, she's living in New York now. Like that's crazy. And it's so cool. Um, to be like, okay, look at someone older than me who is still single, but she, for lack of a better word, is living her best life. Like she gets <laughs> to go to the Met whenever she wants. She gets to like be so close to the city. Like it's so cool. And to hear that your excitement about that. Um, and you were talking about how you had so much time. And I feel like that's always kind of mentioned a lot when you're talking about singleness. You're like, well, you have so much time. But I really wanted you to kind of unpack and talk about, because one thing that I've heard you say on your podcast as well is, how to wait well and wait with purpose mm -hmm. and how you can kind of do more for the kingdom in this, in any waiting season, this can apply to anyone truly. I mean, it depends on the waiting, obviously to an extent, right. but um, I guess specifically for singleness as well, how have you been able to wait well and wait with that purpose? And especially when it comes to all your free time and things like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, so I think first I would start by saying, realizing, obviously I mentioned it earlier, we're all in a season of waiting. Like essentially we are waiting for, for heaven, right? The hope of heaven with Jesus. Okay. So we're always going to kind of have this under underlying weight, but then also realizing like I have friends I mentioned earlier who are waiting on a baby, waiting on a job, waiting on. So getting that understanding of like, okay, it's not just singleness. Right. But I, I get it because we hear things like singleness is the major leagues and marriage is the minor leagues. I hate that. I, I love the guy who said it and he's come back and kind of like, I get his reasoning like hundred percent. And it's not that I, but I just remember how it made me feel like, really? Like, don't love that. Like, don't feel that. Um, totally get the insight behind it, but I just didn't love, like that didn't spur me on to like, I didn't, didn't have a why behind it necessarily for me. And so to wait well, um, I think is I've gotten to the season of waiting well, because I've allowed them to coexist. And so I have really sat down with the Lord and it's like, what is it that I want to do with my life? What do you want, Lord? What do you want me to do with my life? Right. And cause we hear that whole thing of like, you know, when they're running after the Lord and he's running next, you hear all these like images and things. And I think there people are just quick to say them, but when you break that down of like, when you are wholeheartedly pursuing Christ and like what he has to your life, and then also like your own interests and desires, and you can get to this place of excitement about what you're doing. That's attractive. Like that is a byproduct, like your excitement is attractive to a guy and you don't even realize it. Like we're so focused on what we're wearing and what we look like and how thin we are or whatever. And we don't realize like passion, like when, when guys are, cause you have to remember guys are so driven or a lot, a lot of times, like when you're looking they're they're very job oriented. They want respect and, you know, very different creatures than we are. Um, and so the byproduct of, of just jumping into the things that you love, right. Is attractive. And so, so waiting well to me was writing down like, what just brings me joy. What do I love to do? I loved teaching for a season and I was ready to step out. And so I did, and it's been a process, but I, I have, I'm starting to come into like being 36. So I hope that encourages you from being in college of like, it's a process it now don't hear me of like, Oh gosh, like, I don't want to be single until I'm 36 girl. I didn't either. I had no plan on being 36. I'm gonna be 24 and like two kids to, you know, each year after not, not twins, but like a kid, you get me. So it's not that this was the plan, but here's the deal. Like you are not God. You cannot change his timing like he has a plan for you and so you get you can't really control that right but you can control how you wait and so I don't know when I'm gonna meet him like I'm hoping he's in New York like that's not why I moved here I had to get through that first I was like Lord I'm not delusional enough to think that New York's gonna deliver me a man but I do want to fall in love with in New York. I, I just, I'm like a walking Hallmark movie sometimes. And I just sometimes have music in my head anyways, but to wait well, I think is to truly daily meet with the Lord and, and seek him first. And I know that's, we hear that a lot, but I think I would encourage you the things that you hear a lot, really break them down and say, okay, I hear seek first. What does that mean? What am I seeking over him? Um, serve. I think waiting well involves an aspect of serving, serving in the kingdom, serving in your church, serving in your community. Um, you will be surprised how, what, what the Lord does through that, right. By loving on his people. That's what we're called to do. Um, and then learn how to have fun. We don't have enough fun. I love to dance. So I'm actually a friend of mine moved has been here from college. We were on a dance team in college. And so he was like, Hey, let's go take some Broadway class dance classes. I'm like, I'm in, I haven't danced in like 10 years, but here we go. Um, and so I just have some fun and just the zeal of life is, is attractive. And what's it like, that's attractive to me when someone loves, I don't care how much money you make, but when you love what you do, like that's attractive. And so, Yeah. I think that's a, that would be my like sum up of, of waiting well. And, and also I heard a quote that said, singleness is not just a season of waiting. It's a season of doing. And so flipping that script, right. The narrative, like get to do all these things. And at the same time, you can be sad that you also want to be married. So like, don't cast that aside. I think waiting well 
is allowing all your feels to be present, not trying to like, oh, I shouldn't be, you know, just sitting around waiting to be married. Yeah, don't sit around. But also like, it's okay to want to be married. Yeah, that's so good because literally everything you said, I was like, okay, yes, yes, yes. Um, And also so funny because I danced in high school too, not in college, but I'm a dancer myself, maybe not Broadway, but that is fun (laughs) that you got to do that. I'm a little jealous of that. Oh my gosh. In another life, I would be on Broadway. I was in, I was on a hip hop team in college. So yeah, it's a good party trick. Let me tell you, but I, I just loved dance. Yeah. So like, had I done things differently, like I pursued sports, which I loved, but there's always a part of me that's like, man, I would have like loved to dig in. And then I'm here on Broadway. So every time I see a show, I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) they're insane. It's so fun. I would be the same way because I just love to watch people dance too. Um, But this has seriously been Mm -hmm. such an incredible conversation and I'm so excited for people to listen to it. But even if not, if no one listens to this, like this has been so important and special and learning process for me. Um, And so I just wanted to ask one more question before we wrap up. But seriously, I like literally, like I said, if this doesn't help anyone, this has helped me, which I think is really sweet and like, praise God for that. Um, but you've talked a lot about trusting in the Lord. And so the last question I wanted to touch on is just how have you been able to trust that the Lord has a plan for your life? Uh, and you know, for anyone, this could be any type of waiting that they have to trust the Lord. And so you can talk about singleness, you can talk about anything, but just ultimately how have you trusted the Lord? Hmm. Good question. And also if it's just you, it's worth it. Like this is, this has been great for me. And part of like, when we talk about healing, like this is healing, this is a part of it, like getting to share. So I love that. Thank you for that uh, encouragement. Um, how, what is trusting in the Lord? Like, how do I trust in the Lord? Um, have a relationship with him. I walk, I meet with him daily. I, I, I am praying all day long. Like as things come to my mind, I mean, I'm understanding what it means to pray without ceasing. Like, and so I didn't always understand the scripture. And so like, I I came to know Jesus at the age of nine, but like in my thirties, it's like this whole other aspect to him, this like personal relationship. And so if you break it down to like human relationships, like how do you trust your people? You, You get to know them better right? You share things and you watch how they react and how they show up for you and, and how they, you know, when you meet with them and how often, like, I can't call someone, you know, a best friend, if I had known nothing about them, like it takes time. And so that would be the first thing of like, I don't think you can trust in him if you don't have a a relationship with him. And so what does that look like? It means spending time with him. And what does that look like? It looks different for everybody. And so if that, I would say, if someone's listening and is like, I have no idea where to even start, like, find a trusted friend, go ask your pastor or, or look to someone in a church or find someone in your sorority and that you feel like you could ask that question to and kind of break that down. Cause there's no, it doesn't have to look a certain way, but I would say my trust has built and it's not perfect because I still believe the lies, but I'm able to say, okay, there's a little bit of a crack in that trust. And, and again, like we are human, like we're not Jesus, unfortunately. Um, and so in regards to singleness, Um, I'll speak on that. And even in my weight, like my weight, I I think they're kind of, they coexist, right? My singleness and and my struggle with weight. And I'm working on breaking the chain between the two. But um, for me, I kind of have gotten to this resolve where I've been very honest with the Lord of like, I don't want to be single forever. I, I have a heart for marriage and I want to be married. And he knows that. And so I may walk into heaven still hoping to be married, but I'm gonna like hope and to continue to hope. And I think that, is kind of indirectly trusting in the Lord. Like, I don't know the outcome you do. And I, I I will say for those that desire marriage, don't feel like you have to pass that desire aside. Like sometimes I hear a lot of like, but if it, it may not be the, it may not be the Lord's will. Well, my only like caveat to that is, is it a desire of your heart? Like I can't promise you a husband, but is it a desire of your heart? And the scripture says delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart the delight process might change your desires. So it's not, I can't say delight and you're going to get a husband because that's your big desire. But by delighting in the Lord, you get to know him in such an incredible way and, and still be honest with him. He wants you to be honest. He wants you to be bold. He wants you to approach his throne with boldness. And so I, I think that my trust is ever growing and there's days I'm not great at it. 
And there's days I'm flat out like not trusting him. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm struggling on the struggle bus with, with this whole trust thing, but there's a beauty in the, the honesty. So I would say walk with him daily. That's really good. And I've personally been walking, working on, not walking, sorry, working on being more <laughs> honest with the Lord, because that's something I guess just growing up in church. I didn't think was something I was allowed to do quote unquote, but yeah. it's something I've had a lot of conversations with and just been reading more in his word being like, no, we're supposed to, if we're praying without ceasing, that includes being honest. And so I really like that you brought that up. Oh, thank you. But that's all the time we have for today. Seriously, this conversation has been incredible to me and I'm like excited to go back and edit it and listen to it because I will get to hear all of this again. Um, and I'll maybe get to write down some notes and um, <laughs> do some more practical things that way. But before we officially, you know, hit stop recording, can you just pray for everyone listening? But, you know, specifically those who obviously everyone's waiting, but are waiting on singleness maybe or struggling with their weight um, and just kind of encompass all that. Yeah, well- First off, thank you. I always feel so honored to get to talk with you. Truly. I'm so impressed by you and doing this while in college. I don't think I had that connected. And so I love that. I love that you have a heart for this. So thank you for having me. And I would love to pray over it all. Um, Lord, thank you for, uh, just for this opportunity, Lord, I thank you for what you've placed on both of our hearts, our heart for, um, specifically for women, for girls, uh, at all ages and stages of their life, Lord. And I just, I pray specifically for those, cause I know it's so heavy on a lot of our hearts, but I pray for those who just struggle with the way that they look with their, the number on their pants, the number on the scale, um, whatever insecurity, Lord, I just, I intercede on their behalf, Lord, I bring that to your feet, Lord. And I, I pray that they would be able to truly understand what it means to be created in your image, what it means to be fearfully and wonderfully made, what it means to be knit together. I love that you use that word knit, um, that you formed us. There's so many of these words that are so, I I think we just skip, skip over them. And so I just pray that they would understand it and take a minute to, to breathe that in and truly understand what your scripture says. Lord, I pray for those that are in this season of singleness or, or coming out of a relationship and having to, oh my gosh, I have to start over. What does that look like? Or walking through a divorce or have never dated anyone before. And you meet us at where we're at. And, um, what I just want to encourage each, wherever any of these girls are, God, that they would know that you are sovereign, that you have a plan, that you are jealous for us. You desire us. And so I pray God that you would meet with them, that you would encourage them, that you would surround them with people um, that can speak truth into their lives. God, I pray that we would wait well, that we would wait with purpose. Um, God, that we would push aside distractions, that we would push away from being in isolation and that we would continue to bring things into the light to take away power from Satan, Lord. Um, God, we love you and we praise you for who you are. It's your name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Megan, so much. And thanks everyone for listening. And you're so welcome for me next week.